Welcome to the MedEvidence Podcast, hosted by Dr. Michael Corrin and Michelle McCormick. MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the real truth behind medical research with both a clinical and research perspective. In this podcast, we'll have discussions with physicians that have extensive experience in patient care and research. How do you know that something works? In medicine, we conduct clinical trials to see if things work. Now, let's get the truth behind the data. Welcome to MedEvidence, powered by Encore Research Group. Go to EncoreDocs.com. Welcome to MedEvidence, truth behind the data. I'm Michelle McCormick. Today, we're with Michael Corrin, Dr. Michael Corrin and Dr. Stephen Tengis. We are talking about Alzheimer's disease and now the hubbubaloos of Aduhelm. But first, Dr. Michael Corrin is a practicing cardiologist and CEO and founder of Encore Research Group. He has been principal investigator of multiple trials and has been published in the most prestigious journals. Dr. Stephen Tengis is a board-certified neurologist and principal investigator on multiple trials at Encore Research Group. He is a decorated Navy veteran and has been practicing neurology in Jacksonville for over 10 years. Gentlemen quite great conversation we've been having today if I remember correctly I think we've uh, really talked a lot about um, we had a conversation today we've had a good conversation today um, about that but now uh, treatments mm-hmm. or research um, trials mm-hmm. Dr. Corin, take us uh, tell us a little bit about Aduhelm sure well, I'll just start by mentioning the fact that uh, we both Dr. Tengis and I work at Jacksonville Center for Clinical Research. This is a group of physicians. It's a physician-based group that runs clinical trials outside of our practices. And we have about 100 doctors in the area that participate, and we are doing studies in many different areas. Uh, my concentration would be cardiovascular. Um, I got very involved, of course, in the COVID-19 vaccine studies mm-hmm. because of my expertise in running clinical trials. But Dr. Tengis has been instrumental and has done great work for us in Alzheimer's, in uh, migraine headache, and uh, some other areas. We're about to get some Parkinson's stuff up and going, so we're excited about that. So uh, we've, uh, fortunately, this uh, physician group has developed a reputation internationally now as doing some really good work in testing all these things. As uh, both Dr. Tingis and I will attest to, it's great to talk about the theoretical elements of what should and should not work, but at the end of the day, what happens in clinical trials tells us what, in fact, does work. Mm -hmm. And we're never as smart as we think we are. So we have to run the clinical trials to really see whether or not our, our brilliant hypotheses turn out to be actually true. And so that's a neat thing that we do every day. And patients you know, typically really enjoy the process and learn from the process and get very tangible benefits from the process in many cases. Well, and they get to be a part of it, too. So they feel like they're giving back and, and doing something to move medicine forward. Yeah, and, and so in medicine, there are areas that make great progress fairly quickly. So Dr. Chen just men- mentioned statins, and we've had discussions on, on this program about some of the amazing breakthroughs in lipid treatment, and they've made a huge difference. And just to remind everybody, cardiovascular death rates dropped in the U.S. by 60% between 1980 and 2010. That's so, huge. And that was a due to the fact that we did that we had this great research and largely due to preventative cardiovascular therapies that became prevalent. Um, we, Dr. Tingis has been part of migraine studies and we're doing a great job in, in migraine uh, compared to some other areas. But Alzheimer's has been a toughie. 
it's been a tough area. And um, a lot of uh, companies have spent a lot, a lot of money doing research in this area with a lot, a lot of not great results. Mm -hmm. And recently, uh, there was a company called Biogen that developed a monoclonal antibody to try to prevent the development of amyloid plaques that had pretty mixed results. And there was a bit of a controversy about FDA approval of it. And I'll hand it off to Dr. Ten just to give us a little bit more insight into this, this particular <coughs> product and the current controversy. Sure. Thank you. Um, so adicanumab or Adohelm is an FDA-approved therapy, uh, putatively uh, a disease-modifying therapy for Alzheimer's disease. It's uh, the first Alzheimer's disease drug to gain any type of FDA approval for a long time, I think since 2003. Um, there are some controversies that, that surround it. Uh, what Adelhelm is, is an antibody that very specifically identifies pathological beta amyloid. Uh, and through the years of study with the drug clearly does remove beta amyloid from brain tissue. Um, I think that that's something that uh, can clearly be uh, concluded from the available evidence. Uh, the controversy comes in when we try to uh, determine is there uh, clear and convincing clinical evidence? Do we actually see the outcomes um, uh, that we want to see? And there were uh, a couple of large studies that were done. and. Historically, we want a couple, at least a couple of, of separate, well-done, randomized, placebo-controlled trials um, with uh, corroborating results. And, and one of Biogen's trials, uh, there did appear to be some meaning, potentially meaningful clinical efficacy, uh, and in the other trial, um, there was not. Um, and therein lies the, the controversy. Mm -hmm. Um, now, when we dive into controversy, uh, everyone starts to express their opinions, um, and, and the bottom line is, is that you just have to look at the data, uh, and the science isn't controversial. The interpretation of it is what's controversial. How long are the trials? Uh, they are generally trials that are going to go on for a year or longer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you just a little research insight, a little tidbit, um, how you know that this is a monoclonal antibody. When you say aducanumab, it ends with the letters MAB, which is monoclonal, monoclonal antibody. antibody. Yeah. So for if you want to impress your friends and, and, and look at the generic name of a drug and, and determine if it's an antibody or not, just look to see if it ends with MAB. Mm -hmm. And then for the advanced class, if it ends with UMAB, it's a human monoclonal antibody. So if you right. really want to impress your friends, say well, not only is that a monoclonal antibody, but it's a human monoclonal well, antibody. Well, I think the word monoclonal an antibody was kind of like a buzzword that we've had with COVID as a treatment. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the first time I really ever heard of the, that term. So I appreciate the explanation on when something ends in an MAB. Totally makes sense to me. But um, but it makes sense that you're, this is what you're using for your trials. Right. And the beauty of a monoclonal antibodies is they can be developed to specifically target a protein. So they're, they're not going to hit random things. They're going to just hit one thing. And so when we use small molecules like pills, they can have what we call off-target effects. They can go into different tissues. Mm -hmm. They can do different things that may not be what's intended. 
But for monoclonal antibody, they're designed just to hit one thing. So they will go through the system and just attack that one thing. They're, it's like like it has like a laser focus on, on exactly. where it's there's going. Only, there's only one thing that's going to fit into the monoclonal huh. antibody. Okay. So it's kind of like a very, very specific key. And, and, and that's exactly what aticanumab is. And there are other antibodies in, in clinical trials in, in large phase three uh, stages uh, for other amyloid-based uh, antibodies. Um, and, and I think that it's helpful for uh, people who are either have loved ones or are themselves living with a disease of Alzheimer's. This is a, you know, this, this, the controversies here really hit home. Um, and <clears throat> it's, it's not a question of whether we can remove beta amyloid out of, of the brains of humans with, with Alzheimer's. We can do that. Uh, a number of the antibodies have been demonstrated to clearly do that. It, the question is, is it, how exactly do we do that? At what stage of the disease should we be doing that? How safe is doing that? And does that translate into actually slowing down the course of disease? Mm-hmm. There, are, there are major controversies about whether what was seen, um, in, particularly in, in Biogen studies, were those clinically relevant. Um, the whole the whole science of trying to evaluate someone's cognition and then evaluate how it changes um, is in itself difficult and and I would say controversial. Um, when we do a, a trial, there is going to be an identified primary endpoint. You're going to predefine this is what we're trying to define we're an effect on. And in their trials, it was something called the ADS cog sum of boxes. We don't need to talk about exactly what that means, but it's just a way to assess cognition and function. Hmm. And the ADS cog sum of boxes in and of itself has some subjective interpretation to it, and therein lies some potential controversy. The... um, the reviewers in the medical literature that you'll um, read um, describe the 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 aducanumab studies. Even if you assume that the level of effect on ADS cog sum of boxes was actually there, that's not really what we deem a clinically relevant um, outcome anyway. That in its, itself is also a controversial opinion. That would be an opinion who would be arguing against the approval for uh, aducanumab for the general public. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, yeah, no. just to jump in also, is the other part of the controversy is really the role of the FDA. Correct. That's where I, where yeah. I was going to go exactly. with it because you yeah. mentioned the FDA and COVID, and it has been very interesting to see how COVID has influenced the general public's understanding of what happens at the FDA. Mm-hmm. They understand phase three trial. They understand uh, safety and efficacy uh, as main focuses. Um, and and so I, I, I that is a real um, plus of something like our learning experience through COVID. Uh, unfortunately, when things are uh, within a governmental realm, they are also potentially um, influenced by controversial behaviors. And so 
that that is the unfortunate part of of some of the controversy with aticanumab um, because w- patients that I see and their loved ones that I see in clinic, um, when you start talking about the potential risks of a medication like aticanumab, which are very real, um, if there is some uncertainty uh, with regard to our society's watchdog, which is the FDA, that really pulls the the rug out from underneath your ability to um, to treat patients. Mm-hmm. And so the controversy is uh, is unfortunate, but we, we're just going to have to deal with it and move forward. Yeah, yeah, so some people think that the FDA role should be to make sure that stuff is basically safe. And the FDA shouldn't get that much involved in terms of determining how good the drug is. Mm-hmm. And so in this particular case, this drug, everybody agrees, is, you know, it's okay. There's some potential benefits if you look at it the right way. You get, you get the, the right light at the right angle and the data look okay. So it's not something that blows your mind in terms of how efficacious it is, like the COVID-19 vaccines, which was clear-cut. Uh, on the other hand, the FDA determined that the basic safety was good. There's potential side effects, but typically the basic safety of monoclonal antibodies is good because they're very, very specific to the target, and they don't do a whole lot outside of hitting the target. So that that was the FDA opinion, and in this particular case, the FDA went out of their way to say that Alzheimer's research has been so difficult that part of the reason we're approving this is so that the manufacturer can get some money to do further research. Because if you keep on trying to do research and you never get a drug on the, on the market, you'll never have a return on the investment and there'll never be a reason to do more studies. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big part of the controversy. They say, well, that's not the FDA's role to try to support the drug companies. Um, the FDA should be just giving us the facts and, and they can even decide to approve something, but just say, well, it's not that great, but it, it probably doesn't kill you. you know, that, that sort of thing. And in this case, they went out of their way to say that they, they were approving it because they wanted to encourage further drug development in this area and they wanted to be an income source. And then this falls on the payers and the payers have to say, okay, well, basically the FDA is saying, Mm -hmm. well, this isn't a great drug, but they still want us to pay these outrageous sums. How how much is this drug? Well, when it initially was approved, the price tag was 56,000 and then uh, for per pay, that's the, that's the administration of the drug. There are other costs. Yeah. But is that with, covered by Medicare? Uh, well, we talk about that. Right. <laughs> if, if it's not fifty six thousand, Biogen did some recalculations okay. and they lowered the price. I think to fifty five fifty. Okay, no, they lowered it to half. half of that. All right. Um, there are sophisticated means by which we do calculations on how much a drug is worth. Uh, and those estimates were more around three, four thousand per person, and after. The backlash and and publications like what I just alluded to, uh, Biogen did lower the price of the drug, and they they chopped it in half. They mm-hmm. put it in half, and so it it is approved. It is uh, the initial statements from Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is that the drug will be covered in, with a big caveat: patients have to be in a qualifying study, um, while many people would still consider the therapeutic quote-unquote experimental um, it, it, uh, it will be covered if a person's in a qualifying study yeah, I was going to say you probably had to check a lot of boxes and we have to understand it's FDA approved to reduce the load of beta amyloid in the brain of a patient with Alzheimer's 
it's not FDA approved to alter the clinical course of Alzheimer's. And so you have to look at the fine print of exactly what the FDA said, what does this do? And it does do what the FDA said it does. So the take home message for the audience is that if you forget your keys, you better save your money. Michelle McCormick, and we want to thank Dr. Michael Corrin for his clinical and research perspective behind the science in this episode of Med Evidence, the truth behind the data. 